regulation yes the government has come out and said they are going to start to regulate the property management industry but is it a good thing and what does it mean for you as a property investor if you're using a property manager or even if you are self-managing your properties now look here's the punchline we think it's probably a very good thing in terms of what is being suggested with a few Caveats. I'd say long if I can overdue. say that. Long overdue. Oh, you didn't get my caveat joke because yesterday we talked about caveats. Uh, okay, hilarious. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is where you fake laugh, Andrew. Caveat. <laughs> 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 there are a few things that we will be looking out for, but on what we know right now, it's probably going to be a really good thing for property investors. Now, what is important to note is that both property managers and their businesses are going to be regulated and both are going to be needing to be registered on a new property manager register that the government is going to start. And in fact, property managers themselves are going to need to be licensed. Now, we'll tell you what that means shortly. But what I need you to know is if you are self-managing your rentals right now, you are not impacted by this regulation. And also, if you own commercial property, You as a commercial landlord or somebody who hires a commercial property manager, not impacted by this change. Only residential property managers will be impacted. Now, you might be wondering, well, what is this regulation trying to solve? Andrew, what's interesting is that there are some issues with the status quo, with this lack of regulation that I'm sure people are going to be quite surprised about. What are some issues? Well, anyone can just start a property management firm. Anyone. So you register a company and then you advertise yourself and you say you're going to take a piece of everyone's rent as your property management fee. And you all of a sudden you're looking after millions of dollars worth of people's investments, maybe not doing inspections if you're just terrible at doing your job. And you could be dealing with tens of thousands of dollars in rent. In fact, in our case, we deal with a million dollars worth of rent before we distribute it every fortnight, over a million dollars worth of rent. So it's a huge amount of money. So to wait be- a second. A million dollars worth of rent a fortnight. So we're talking about $26 million worth of rent. We're talking about venture management in this case. But it's quite interesting. Even if you started up a brand new company and you got 10 rentals, that's $2.5 million worth of rent, assuming 25 grand a year or $500 a week in rent. You know, $2.5 million in rent a year and anybody can actually start that. But here's the biggest part. That money doesn't have to go into a genuine trust account. Now, just explain that for everyone. A trust account is externally audited. Basically, it can just go to any old bank account under XYZ Property Management Limited and doesn't have to be audited. So if I'm pilfering a little bit off the top and paying it into an owner's account, so long as no one catches me, no one's going to externally audit that and call me out on it. And in fact, do you know what's interesting? When the Real Estate Institute of New Zealand started calling for regulation, and it is important to note that the Real Estate Institute has been calling for regulation of the property management industry for the last 
12 years. Yeah, it's crazy. And in fact, I remember the first property management company I was involved with was probably about 10 years ago, and I could not believe that they didn't have to run a trust account. So let me just again tell you why this matters. So there was an instance where a property manager went out of business and went into liquidation. Now, all of the rent collected from owners was then up for grabs by the liquidators. So there was just shy of $360,000 that was owed by 67 landlords. But the money wasn't there because it was either sucked up by operations within the business or things had gone wrong. Now, if they had used a separate trust account, that $360,000 would never have been sucked into the business's own accounts. It would have been separate. The money would have been there. Same thing as if you pay a deposit to a developer, most cases going into a solicitor's trust account. So if property managers aren't using solicitor's trust accounts, aren't using these trust accounts, that's where if that property management company goes under, you could lose any of the rent that you should have been paid over the last fortnight or month. So surprise, surprise. One of the pieces of regulation that's coming in is every property manager needs a trust account. But that's not all. Walk us through some of the other changes. Okay, so firstly, licensing. So there will be, as you said before, a register for property management companies, kind of like the FSPR register for financial advisors. So you'll have to be on there. And then any individual property manager needs to be licensed, and that too would probably be recorded on there like the FSPR. But what do they have to do to be licensed? Well, there is an element of education. So before you can become a property manager, and none of this is 100% locked in, but what is being considered at the moment is that every property manager will have to do a 15-hour-ish basic course on how to be a property manager. Now, this is going to be very, very similar to the existing one that Ryan's already runs. So they already run a 15-hour, two-day course on how to do the basics of property management. That sort of thing is going to be potentially compulsory if what's currently in the discussion document actually gets implemented. On top of that, there will be some CPD, that's continuous professional development. So a property manager will have to do somewhere between 10 and 20 hours of education, of learning per year on an ongoing basis. That's going to mean that they stay up to date with changes to the Residential Tenancies Act, or if they stay up to date with whatever is important at the time. Yeah, and I think just the last thing to mention is around those trust accounts, they will need to be a genuine trust account and audited at least once a year. So I think that's probably the most important in our view. I mean, that's something that certainly we've been encouraging for years. It's surprising that it's so important, but with anybody being able to start a property management business, well, I mean, it's to be just fair, not- it's no different to any other business, right? If I, for example, decided I was going to sell, I was going to say CDs, but then you're going to make fun of me for being such an old person talking about CDs. Probably no one buys CDs anymore. But if I was going to sell something online and I collected a whole bunch of payments into my account, that's not a trust account. Yeah, but the difference here is that property managers are collecting money on behalf of someone else. You know, this would be the same instance if a lawyer is collecting deposits on behalf of people purchasing and transacting lots of money. Now, if that money was just held in the business accounts, then A, it gets muddied, but B, people would potentially lose money if that lawyer then went under. Well, to be fair, there's been plenty of stories of, I, I remember there was a Christchurch lawyer years and years ago and he was taking money of his trust account and gambling with it 
Not good. Well, obviously wasn't lucky if you to keep on taking money out. <laughs> That's terrible. Sorry for that joke, people. Now, how many people does this actually impact? Now, this is actually really surprising because this piece of regulation obviously doesn't impact everyone. Now, would you believe there are somewhere between two and 8,000 residential property managers in New Zealand? Two and eight? That's a very broad number. Well, actually, that's the really surprising thing. Yeah, that, according to the discussion document, somewhere between just over two and just under 8,000 property managers. But I guess not being regulated, they don't really know. Absolutely. Now, the other thing that's really interesting is, would you believe that there are 1.2 million tenants in New Zealand that are provided accommodation by private landlords. Landlords actually make up 84% of all rentals. So I remember we did an episode ages ago about the ethics of property investment, and we talked about the fact that it's not possible for the government just to provide rentals for everyone. Well, I didn't actually realise how high that stat was. More than four in five people who rent in New Zealand are renting off a private landlord as opposed to the government, a council, or some other community housing. On top of that, 42% of properties are managed by property managers. So 42% of private landlords use a property manager. I'm surprised how low that is. Are you? Very surprised. There must be a lot of people tearing their hair out. Now, what surprises me here is that over half, 58% of investors aren't using a property manager. So you guys who are doing that, if you're listening to this, you're not going to be impacted by this regulation, but the other 42% are. So that ends up being probably somewhere around 190,000 properties that are impacted by this regulation. Now, you might wonder, Andrew, why is it that private landlords do not have to follow the same regulation as property managers? You're right. I was wondering that, Ed. That's because they they have to still adhere to the RTA, the Residential Tenancies Act. So if they're collecting their own rent, which is, again, probably the main thing, so it's their money anyway, but if they do anything wrong by the tenant, well, they're going to fall under that anyway and get taken to the tribunal. But the interesting thing is, if you're a property manager and you don't follow the RTA, well, at the moment, you as a landlord are still on the hook. It's still your responsibility, but this is going to change. So there'll be more protection protections in place for property investors who use a property manager, which makes their service all the more valuable in my mind. So this piece of regulation, what it really does is it gives you who are using a property manager, who are using essentially an agent, somebody else to look after this property, it gives you more certainty about their role. Now, if you are currently managing your own properties, you don't need the regulations that are in this because you're not using an agent. You're not using anybody else to look after your property. So it's really about you as a property investor having confidence that the person who's looking after one of your most valuable assets, that they're going to look after that the right way. And of course, there are things like a code of conduct that's going to come in. But this is why we say, hey, this is potentially going to be really good for landlords, but especially for landlords who are not using established companies. Now, here's the thing. Rhines has been asking for regulation for 12 years. That's the same with a lot of the other property management industry. Anybody who is running a good property management company, and I'm generalizing here, obviously, is probably already going to be compliant. They're already going to be using a trust account. They're already going to be following a code of conduct from Ryan's or one of the other industry associations because those code of conducts are all voluntary and it's for the members of those sorts of organisations. This is really going to make it tougher for the cowboys in the industry, for smaller organisations that 
aren't going to be compliant anyway, whereas anybody with a decent rental book is probably already going to be compliant. So that's important, but it should give property investors who use property managers a bit more confidence in the service they're receiving. And that's why we think, hey, look, this is probably going to be a good thing. Now, this is a good example of where a piece of regulation might be talked about in the news, but you don't necessarily need to be worried about every single piece of regulation that gets talked about in the news in relation to the property industry because not every piece of regulation is necessarily bad. This is something that's probably going to help us as property investors have confidence in our managers. Fantastic. Let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you were thinking about your property portfolio in 2022, what you're going to do with it and how to grow your portfolio, then you might like to come and see us for a portfolio planning session. These complimentary sessions are where you can sit down with a property partner and actually plan out what your portfolio is going to look like in the future. If you're interested in that, Tap or swipe over the cover up, I'll drop a link in there, or just go to opuspartners.co.nz. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.